2: This is the High Stakes Loadout, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Vince Staffolino, a former High Stakes Dynasty and Redraft Champion, who also placed sixth overall in the 2019 FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge. His career winnings in the FFPC total nearly $20,000. In this episode, we preview the 2019-2020 World Famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Topics include picking the right 49er in chief, whether to fade Lamar Jackson and or Michael Thomas, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is $20,000 high stakes fantasy football winner, Vince Staffolino.
3: It is a New Year's Day edition uh, or a, a post New Year's Day edition as uh, we are recording this uh on wednesday afternoon but uh it's it's big it's big at the ffpc this week the world famous ffpc playoff challenge is going on it starts on saturday and who better to talk to than a guy who took sixth place in the ffpc divisional playoff challenge last year it is vince staffelino vince welcome aboard man hey
4: eric great to be here
3: Uh, It is, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun breaking this down. Uh, There's so many different ways to, to attack this challenge. And I think the first question I want to ask you is, is when, you know, sort of your process on how you build these lineups. Uh, Do you look at the teams first? Do you look at the potential games? Do you look at the potential matchups? How do you sort of take me through the process of, of how you build these uh, lineups?
4: You know, I start by trying to do what we're all, all been doing this week and that's predict the future. So I'll do a bracket and take it all the way through the Super Bowl, and start by uh, trying to predict predict the future, right?
3: And 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 I think when it comes down to it, you are you you have to get the teams right, but all right, I mean you have to get the players right, but I think getting the teams right is. I mean, if you can do that, you're you're so much further ahead of the game than everybody else.
4: Absolutely, and you have to start with Wild Card Weekend, obviously, and look at the four teams who you think are going to lose. And out of those four teams, you're not going to use two of them. So the two that you do insert into your lineups, kicker and defense are obviously a logical start. And if they happen to win, then you kind of have a little hedge there to have something going for you next week.
3: Um, one of the conversations I was having with uh, with a high stakes player a couple of days ago was all the the tight ends uh, that that made the playoffs this year. There's a lot of talented ones. You have Travis Kelsey, you have George Kittle, you have the Eagles guys in in Ertz and Goddard, you have Mark Andrews, you have Jared Cook. Um, we know we, this is an FFPC starting lineup for anybody for the uninitiated. Um, so it's one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense, but two flexes. So if you wanted to deploy two tight ends or even three tight ends, you could. I'm curious, Vince, to y- your thoughts on, on deploying two tight ends in your lineup this year and how beneficial it could be given the, the tight end premium scoring.
4: Because of that tight end premium and because of the number of teams that I play or will play in both contests, I'm definitely going to go with the two tight end strategy I might sprinkle in a three tight end, but I think that 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 might be a a little bit too much. Um, You know, Goddard uh, or Goddard, sorry, he could be he could be a nice third tight end on a a one and done type situation. But definitely using a lot of two tight end uh, lineups makes sense.
3: When when you say you might deploy a, a, a trio of tight ends, the three tight ends, who would those three tight ends most likely be if you were to put it put together a lineup like that?
4: Uh, Kelsey Kittle and Cook.
3: Kelsey. Okay, so the killer K is Man.
4: well, and Cook. <laughs> yeah, what? <Well>, uh, <laughs> some Cook in in, in lieu of Goddard on some of them.
3: And uh, um, you prefer the, the when you look at the Eagles tight ends, and, and given how banged up Ertz is right now, um, and the and the performance that Goddard has has given fantasy owners the last few weeks, you would actually be more likely to to. Uh, start Dallas Goddard over Zach Ertz in this competition right now?
4: Absolutely. I think with the, the current injury status of, of Ertz, uh, lacerated kidney just really banged up and Goddard's importance to that offense, even when Ertz is on the field, he's just such the logical choice there.
3: Um, do you, th- how do you, when you look at ownership, um, for the Eagles tight ends, do you think Goddard is going to be more owned than Ertz or is it going to be about 50, 50? How do you, how do you, you know, as it, as you look into your Staffelino crystal ball, how do you see that shaking out?
4: Well, we have a lot of, uh, really sharp and bright people that play in the FFPC. And I think that because of that, there's going to be high Goddard ownership. And then you might have some, uh, casual players that are dipping their toe in the water that, with the, the name value of Ertz. So when it's all said and done, maybe a 55-45 uh, uh, to and, favor of Goddard. In favor of Goddard,
3: yeah. Do you think, I mean, they could be one and done even though they are hosting the the home playoff uh, game. Are there any other Eagles that you think that, that people might be Dipping their toes into as far as who they're going to play, or is it likely going to be either Goddard or, or or just skip the team entirely?
4: I could see some kicker, some uh, Jake Elliott, maybe a defense. But by and large, it's going to be the tight ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple, yeah. Uh, couple sleeper opportunities there too that I know we'll probably touch on later. But yeah, the tight end, especially the Goddard uh, play, just makes so much sense right now. Given um, what we.
3: Yeah, no, I and I'm with you, and I think it makes a lot of sense given what we've seen. You know, he's 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 the hotter of the two right now, as far as who Carson Wentz is looking for. Um, you know, especially in the end zone too. Um, Lamar Jackson, he spent a lot of time in the end zone this season, and he's obviously going to be owned in in uh, in a lot of these lineups. Are you going to fade him as a result, or is he too you know just too powerful and, and too big of a fantasy force to to not have in? And if you were, and I'm assuming that there will be a few teams where you do not have Lamar Jackson, who is the Raven you're going to roll with instead?
4: I'm actually going to fade Lamar on 80% of my lineups just because of the high ownership. And also, I can't get last year out of my mind. I know that he's just been uh, otherworldly this year, but I think about the performance last year and and, and this is a a time of the year when things tighten up, maybe a... team hasn't shown their their whole defensive hand yet there's a lot of film now for those reasons I'm going to fade him and I I would think uh, the best Lamar alternate would be Mark Andrews it's obviously his favorite target he's so physically imposing all those targets into the end zone the high balls that he pulls down he's just he's been incredible so that would be my my uh, Lamar alternate there
3: Good high ceiling on Mark Andrews there, too. I think that's going to be very attractive for anybody who's looking to fade Jackson. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially in – I mean, this is the format to do it with the tight end premium scoring, no question. Um, I, Mike Paracco, who was uh, the guest on, on the road of his high-stakes slowdown last week, Vince, the winner of the FFPC main event and the half a million bucks that went with it. He's had some success in this competition before, too, and I wanted to pick his brain. Um, now we didn't know who was going to be on by was you know, every team that was going to be in it. We didn't know who was going to be playing who. And I said, just give me a quick overview. You know, your early thoughts on this is we're like a week away from knowing what's going to be going on. And he said, well, I think the key is picking the right 49er getting the 49er right is going to be crucial. Um, they have a lot of good options. One great one in George Kittle, but a lot of good options: Garoppolo, Debo Samuel, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. That Niners defense certainly. Um, you look at the 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 49er to win this year. Who is going to be your pick as as you look at this uh, as you look at this team?
4: Before I answer that, I want to say it. Uh, Mike is a tough act to follow here. Given that he was so good on the show and won 500k, so
3: and he was doing it. He was doing it on no sleep. He basically did not. He didn't <laughs> right. sleep Monday night, and then we recorded the podcast Tuesday morning on Christmas Eve. And and he, you know, he was just he was running on fumes. And and so it was, it was a great listen. You can obviously download it if if you did not get a chance to to listen to it. Uh, for any of the listeners out there, you can go ahead and listen to it uh, the same place that you're listening to this one. But Vince, you're doing fantastic. Everybody wants to know here uh, because he didn't, he, you know, Mike didn't give away his 49er pick. Who would your 49er pick be?
4: My 49er pick is Debo Samuel with the the high ownership on Kittle and maybe even people that are going to mix in Mostert because he's been great and so explosive lately. I I think Debo will be lower owned than them and he's. He's the kind of player that can put up that twenty-five point game, or get you those double points in the Super Bowl with them obviously having home field and being favored to go there. He's so physical; they use him in so many different ways with the end rounds and passes over the middle, and just they really they really utilize all of his strengths. So as long as he stays healthy, which I know that's been a problem in the past. I don't see how he can't be a contest winner for someone.
3: Yeah, injuries are part of the game, and it's I think especially when you're talking about a shortened season like this, where the whole thing is over in a month, you can you there, there's less. I, at least I put less of an emphasis on injuries. Um, it's something to be aware of for sure. Um, but you kind of got to throw caution to win, just get your guys and, and put them in there. Um, is is that your pick to to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC, Vince? Is is the Niners? Is that who you're planning on getting double points from? Is Debo Samuel?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I have the Niners and Kansas City making Super Bowl, and I really look at Debo's profile and how a game could go on that stage, and he could be a Super Bowl MVP type player. Yeah, he Um, absolutely could. In the past, in that kind of play in the past, like a Desmond Howard, if you you can go back that far.
5: So before we move into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our friends over at untuck it. ever see an untucked button-down shirt they generally look a little bit uh, bad and there's one reason why it's because they're not meant to be worn that way and i've mentioned this on shows before the reason that i like untuck it so much is uh, having a longer back being a taller guy uh, one area that i find is the sleeves and the length of shirts can be an issue so i tend to wear those untucked thankfully for me there is untuck it, the original Burt button-down shirt designed to be worn untucked no matter your size shape uh, untucked shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length with more than 50 plus combinations in terms of fits. Untucket shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite untucket style online or check it out in one of their itty brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With untucket your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So now's the time to get set up with those perfect clothing shirts. Don't waste any time. Head on over to untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com. The code, once again, is BLUE for 20% off. Once more, untuckit.com.
3: The Patriots, They they have been some of the most talked about players in this competition every year. Um, people always expecting them to get to the Super Bowl or very close to the Super Bowl and getting your Patriots right uh, has, has been crucial. It's a different story this year. They are the three seed. They have to play on wild card weekend. Um, they have a banged up Julian Edelman. They have uh, an inconsistent running game. They have Tom Brady, who is not the Tom Brady, uh, uh, you know, that, that was peak Tom Brady. Uh, it's a different animal this year. When you consider that they might have to go to Kansas City and to Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl, who are you picking here in, uh, on New England? And um, uh, Vince, like I, I guess you know, you look at this from the standpoint it may not make a huge difference because it's going to be tough to get double points from a Patriot this year, but you still got to get this one right.
4: Sure, and that player for me is James White with the the lack of weapons and the injury to one of the biggest weapons and that's julian edelman i can just see white flourishing like he has in the past the game scripts that could be in play in kansas city and baltimore on the road against those teams trying to keep up could lend to a lot of uh, james white catches out of the backfield and we see that he gets the carries too we've even seen him at the goal line as well and i think back to the super bowl against the falcons The 14 receptions, the over 100 yards, I think three touchdowns, a two-point conversion. It it just was such a phenomenal game, and they're really going to need to rely on him if if they're going to win. I think he's even going to do well against the Titans in the first game. I don't think it's going to be a game where it's a a big lead and they're giving it to Burkhead and Michelle. I think it'll be a James White game.
3: And, and, you know, you think about that Super Bowl, he should have been the Super Bowl MVP that year, but he certainly was the fantasy MVP for anybody who had him going um, in the playoff challenge. They uh, ended up winning a lot of money because of that. Um, And we've seen this before, Vince, like where James White is kind of, you know, so-so. He does his thing throughout the regular season, but he turns it on when the Patriots go on these playoff runs. He's done it multiple times. He could do it again this year, and he could be a potential, you know, half-million-dollar winner. Who knows uh, what's going to happen there? Um, shifting our focus uh, to the uh, back to the NFC, uh, the Saints, popular choice, they are be playing on Wildcard Weekend. They could beat the Packers in Lambeau if they beat Minnesota this weekend, and they could get that extra game, that elusive fourth game, uh, if they are able to uh, defeat you know whoever in the in the in the NFC Championship if they get by Green Bay. Um, Michael Thomas was otherworldly this year, setting the uh, single-season receptions record that Marvin Harrison previous held, previously held. You also have Alan Kamara, you also have Drew Brees, you also have Jared Cook. A lot of different options. Is Michael Thomas the smart choice here,
4: though? He is definitely the smart choice. You know, we talked before about having to have that balance between chalk and, and lesser-owned, and you've got to go chalky with Michael Thomas. He is He's game-script-proof. If it's a game where Kamara's scoring touchdowns or the dreaded Taysom Hill, who makes me cringe when I see him on the field, or <laughs> even Davis Murray, the volume is still going to be there for Thomas for him to be a safe play. And you have to think over the course of three games with my predictions, or maybe four games with somehow uh, some other people seeing it play out that way, he is going to have a couple of 30 point games and the floor is so safe. I just. I-
3: you know, oh. it, the floor is incredibly safe. You're you're totally right there, and I just keep th- looking at these potential g- cornerback matchups he's going to have. And you know, in the opening round, it's like you know Xavier Rhodes can't even stay on the field for uh, the majority of the defensive snaps. It's like he's been rotating with with uh, some of the other guys that they have there. I mean, there hasn't been any consistent production from the cornerback position in Minnesota. And then you know you get Jair Alexander in in the divisional round. If they get that far and Alexander, you know, everybody talks about, you know, they sing his praises and he's, he's so great. And he's going to be the next great shutdown corner. I look at it from the standpoint of this dude still takes a ton of chances and he gambles a lot. And Michael Thomas can really take advantage of that. And then you're talking about, you know, like a potential 30 plus point performance um, in that game. And he could get that in the, in the opening game. I mean, this guy, before he gets the NFC championship, you could be looking at already having 65 from him in this contest.
4: Absolutely. And if there is a weather concern in Green Bay, I think that really reduces Breeze's numbers. But literally every pass that he would uh, complete could be to Thomas. And like I said before, if if it's Kamara or Murray taking over, he's still going to have that volume to have that floor for you.
3: If you decide to fade Michael Thomas, tell the listeners why you think Jared Cook would be a good number two option
4: well obviously the the premium scoring and just the inconsistency of Kamara here uh, this this past season which has been been a tough pill to swallow with uh, with how important he is to anybody's fantasy lineup i just think cook has that potential to take over a game you've seen him on the deep plays and just he's he's physically imposing to, to whoever's trying to cover him so he would definitely be my second saint after thomas
3: you have this, uh, this opening wild card weekend of games. You have Buffalo taking on Houston. It's uh, New England uh, battling Tennessee. And then over in the NFC, you have the Saints and Vikings. And then, of course, the Eagles and Seahawks. Are there any matchups, potential matchups out there, as, as now we know who these teams are playing, that you could exploit for wildcard weekend and really get a leg up on, on everybody else in this contest by picking uh, a, one of these certain players correctly?
4: I look to that Saints-Vikings game for uh, a really good matchup. I think it's going to be a fun game, entertaining. I think the Vikings are going to move the ball a lot. Obviously, I think they're going to lose, but I see Diggs putting up some points. He could be a nice one-and-done player. Bailey, Dan Bailey, uh, kicking in a dome and really uh, coming through on these drives that stall out, which I could see happening a lot, could really give you an advantage for a one-and-done player to start with double digits in, uh, in the kicker spot.
3: As far as kicker strategy goes, you have always been of the opinion that you, you want to pick a guy who who could you know have a, like a 15, 20-point game, but by and large, the kicker you select on your team is on a team that is going to be done right away. Is that correct?
4: Absolutely. I couldn't see myself using that spot on a team that I think is going to go deep into the playoffs. You look at a guy like Justin Tucker, obviously the most accurate kicker of all time, they move the ball well, but I just couldn't see pulling the trigger on him. I, I really think it's best reserved for a team that is probably going to lose, but should have some scoring opportunities.
3: Do you have do you have to employ that same strategy with defense as well? As, as you're just looking for a team that's going to be one and done, and, and maybe has has a good solid week one per, or wildcard performance.
4: Uh, you have to. I think that a big defensive performance in the playoffs like that is pretty random. One that comes to mind is the Seahawks from, oh, what was that? 2015? Oh, sure. Yeah. that Dominated. And I think that was my first or second playoff challenge ever with you guys. And I won $500 because of the Seahawks defense. And it just kind of taught me a lesson though, that, that's not going to happen too often. And they were specifically used in that position because I thought they were going to lose. So shows how much I knew. But uh, yeah, I'd say that's a position you kind of just want to fill it out and move on to I, your next next strategy.
3: I, I think that, um, and I could be misremembering this, but I want to say that the the playoff challenge that year came down to um, somebody who had, I want to say like Peyton Manning, Um and uh and uh and the C- and somebody who had the seahawks defense and the seahawks you know you'd think that peyton manning would have the advantage it wasn't the case because the seahawks defense went absolutely crazy and they were the reason that and again i'm forgetting who won it um that year but it might have been jason book i can't remember but uh but they ended up winning it because of that seattle defense and exploiting that matchup um throughout the the playoffs certainly worked out uh, well for them um we haven't talked about the chiefs at all i want to touch on that um because there's a lot of crazy players uh, on this team that have had fantastic seasons again. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you have Harrison Butker, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams. Um, who is, is your uh, chief du jour that you're uh, picking this year, Vince?
4: I love Mahomes. How can you not love him? I'm going to play him probably on 70% of my teams. And as you know, I am playing a lot. Uh, I do want to work in a lot of Damian Williams. He's my second chief of choice I really, going back to the injury thing, you know, he is a talented player. I don't think he has that DNA to ever make it through 16 weeks of an NFL season as we've seen. But we just need three weeks now. And with his ability to catch the ball and Shady McCoy disappearing and you know Darwin Thompson not doing much yet, and Darrell Williams on IR, he is going to get the majority of the touches and catches out of the backfield. And I think with the high ownership of Kelsey, in Hill, and then you also factor in Hill's propensity to, to be a, a boom or bust in a tense playoff environment, I think Damian Williams is a really smart play.
3: And I would t- just touching back on Mahomes, if the AFC title game ends up being between Baltimore and, and Kansas City, if you take Mahomes on the majority of your teams and the Chiefs go into Baltimore and win – you're getting double points from Mahomes in the Super Bowl and all those teams that took Lamar Jackson which there should be a bunch of them are not getting double points for him in the Super Bowl and you actually believe that that's the way it's going to play out as Kansas City goes into Baltimore based on you know the experience not only at, at head coach but but the experience at quarterback uh you think the Chiefs are going to get to the Super Bowl and, and take on San Francisco
4: Absolutely and I think that like I said to the beauty of, beauty of playing excuse me playing multiple teams though can uh Really give you the opportunity to hedge and, and play half Lamar if you want, but yeah, that's just my personal feeling on how it's going to play out. Coaching wise, it's kind of ironic that Hardball's been there and won it. Reed hasn't, but I think it just all comes together this year for Andy Reid.
3: Yeah, it could be it could be the year of the Chief, no question. Um, final question here for you, Vince, before I, I let you uh, go uh, uh, submit some of these lineups. Um, The biggest owned bust, quote-unquote bust, in the playoff challenge, somebody that is going to be heavily owned that you think people are going to wish uh, that they did not put him in their lineups, Uh, and then a sleeper that is not going to be in a lot of lineups that you think uh, when it's all said and done, players are going to wish that, ah, man, I should have had that guy in there.
4: I'll answer this question in two parts, and the first part would be one-and-done type players, and I think a bust will be Derrick Henry it's fresh in a lot of folks' minds, that, that long run, that beautiful run last week, how big and physical and posing he is. And a lot of people also think they can upset the Patriots, but I think the Patriots will neutralize him. I think that a lot of people will be looking at a, you know, a nine-point game from him on that one-and-done slot and kind of be disappointed in that. And as far as a uh, uh, long-term or deep playoff run bust, I have to go with Tyreek Hill. I'm just going to... With the players he's going to have to go up with, up against in getting to the Super Bowl, I'm just going to fade him. I'm going to turn away from him. I probably could regret that but because he's so good, but that's my uh, long-term bust. As far as sleepers go, uh, one and done, uh, that would be Boston Scott. I think he's going to be very, very active in that first game. He's gotten some goal line carries. He's catching the ball. Sanders seems to be dinged up. I think Boston Scott should be low owned, especially if it comes out that Sanders is good to go to play. And, you know, a 20 point game from him is not out of the question. And as far as a deep run sleeper, it's Gus Edwards. We don't know uh, the situation with Ingram. He does have extra time to rest, but who knows what could happen with that calf when he hits the field. Edwards seems to be getting a lot of opportunities anyway. And it's just a, a situation where they're at home and they could really pound the rock and he could get goal line carries. And if Ingram is completely out, think about what he could do in a Super Bowl too, taking those goal line carries away from Lamar possibly. So he could be that one like unlikely hero that we see in most years, like you said, where we look back and say, Wow, I wish I would have put him in there. So if you're playing a lot of teams or a fair amount of teams, I would say mix in some Gus Edwards. If you're only playing one or two, maybe not the best strategy, but <laughs> I, I will I will have some lineups for sure.
3: I would love to see the ownership percentages, and I'm, certainly I want to go out and, and make this perfectly clear. I am not advising anybody to do this, but uh, a Gus Edwards slash Boston Scott backfield could be very intriguing <laughs> if the Eagles somehow get two games and Baltimore gets to the Super Bowl without Mark Ingram or or at least a you know a a, a um, uh, Mark Ingram that's not playing full snaps would be very very interesting especially if Edwards uh, ends up vulturing a couple of goal line scores. Anything could happen. It usually does. It's the FFPC Playoff Challenge. It's the NFL playoffs. It's going to be so much fun. Vince, I certainly appreciate you taking some extra time out uh, this week uh, for, for uh, to, to do the podcast here on, on the road of his high-stakes slowdown. Best of luck to you, uh, not only in, in the playoff challenges that you're participating in this year, uh, but in all your 2020 leagues uh,
4: as well, dude. Thank you, Bulky. It was great to be on with you. Uh, a pleasure. A pleasure. Uh, as always. And I wish you a happy new year and everybody on the team there. And I'm looking forward to a a great 2020 and good luck selling out the rest of the contests. I know it won't be a problem.
3: Yeah. I hope it's not (laughs) They're, they're, (laughs) they're, they're, they're they're pacing well right now. Uh, We'll see what happens uh, with that, but it's good. You know, regardless, it's the player support from players like you has been tremendous. I wish you nothing but the best in in 2020 and we will uh, for sure hook up again soon for another podcast.
4: Sounds great, Eric. Take care.
2: Rotoviz.com/podcast.
1: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing.